What makes a great solar business? How can you learn from the past and prepare for the future so your solar business thrives? My name is Nigel Morris and we set out to answer these questions and more. Welcome to Great Solar Business, proudly brought to you by Solar Juice. Well, hello, solar people. Here I am with yet another podcast. Why, you say? In God's name, why would you inflict this on us, Nige? Well, I'll tell you why. Because for almost 30 years, I've been in the solar business and I love it. I've watched a cottage industry, which many considered irrelevant, become a dominant force in the Australian energy industry worth billions of dollars. On the positive side, I've witnessed wild successes, incredible innovation, political support and price reductions I could not begin to imagine all those years ago. I've watched businesses be created, grown, bought and sold and a few millionaires made along the way. But I've also witnessed the dark side. Hundreds of businesses collapsing, scams and shonks. I've seen the market shift so fast through political interference, it has literally reduced grown men and women to tears and destroyed their dreams. It's not called the solar coaster for nothing. Personally, I've manufactured, designed, installed, sold and lived with off-grid energy for almost the entire 30 years. I've helped to manage and run numerous solar businesses, some who continue to thrive and some who didn't make it. I worked for the largest solar company in the world for almost a decade and started my own solar business too. And for the last four years, I've worked for a solar software company who are pushing the boundaries of technology every single day. I'm obsessed with quality, volunteer with multiple industry associations, and I'm passionate about what comes next. So now it's time for me to give something back by sharing some of the secrets of solar business from a great lineup of the most experienced people whose arms I could twist to come on the show each fortnight. The goal of this series is to help you build a great solar business by learning from the past and preparing for the future. So there you have it. Before we dive in, let's take a chance to thank our sponsors. SolarJuice is Australia's leading solar distributor, providing complete residential and commercial rooftop solar component solutions. SolarJuice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money, like their panel brands REC, Hyundai, Trina and Longy, their inverters SMA, Fronius and SunGrow, along with the Tesla Powerwall battery. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let SolarJuice help you become a great solar business. All right. Now, finally, on with the show. You've got the intro and it's time to kick off our series. Our very first guest is Finn Peacock, who I'm sure you all know from Solar Quotes. Finn, welcome to Great Solar Business. Thanks, Nigel. Great to be here. Well, you've been a busy boy, haven't you? <laughs> well, yes. There's some grey hairs, mate. Hey, but hey mate, you are 87 years old, so. <laughs> That's right, apparently. Apparently. Uh, going to be a granddad soon, mate, so, you know, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. Congratulations, um, mate. <laughs> thank you, mate. Uh, I asked Finn to join us because, especially for the first episode, I was looking for an overview. I wanted to start at the beginning. And Finn has such an amazing overview of the industry through Solar Quotes. He sees literally thousands of solar offers each year, has some pretty strong views on what works and what doesn't work. So, mate, let's kick off 
with a simple question to get the ball rolling. In your view, what makes a great solar business? In my view, what makes a great solar business is a business that is really transparent and they can afford to be transparent so people can see exactly who they are, how they operate, what they believe in, how they've treated their past customers, what prices they charge, and they can do that because they've got nothing to hide. So when the, you know, the consumer, you, know, you might think you've got a great brand in the solar industry. Mm-hmm. Nine out of 10 consumers don't know you from Jack, right? Mm-hmm. So you have, to, you, have, you have to put yourself out there. They have to trust is the hardest thing to win. Um, as you've alluded to in your really good introduction, there's a lot of shonks out there. Not as many as there has been, but, you know, there's so many stories of horrible things that have happened to people. You've got so to gain their trust. The, in my opinion, the best way to do that is have nothing to hide and be totally transparent. Transparency. I love it. I love it. So so tell me, what's the single biggest mistake that you see businesses? You, you I mean, I, I see wonderful videos and stories about some of the quotes, and I see some of the good stories uh, about what consumers are loving and what some of those um, what some of those great testimonials are from customers. But what are some of the big mistakes that you see solar businesses make in your business? Uh, one of the big one, which big ones, which is very raw at the moment, because we've had to say goodbye to a uh, fairly big client that made this mistake, uh, is expanding into territories that are foreign to you. So as in other states in Australia, and taking on too much. Overreach. Taking on too much and your quality control going downhill, and that will always bite you on the bum. So, you you know, say, for example, you're operating in Sydney. You've got a great operation. You think you've got it nailed. You move into Victoria because Victoria's got, you know, it's a pretty hot market, lots mm-hmm. of rebates, you know, state-level mm-hmm. rebates. Um. And you just lose control. You know, you hire subcontractors there. Nothing wrong with hiring subcontractors if you do it right. Mm-hmm. But you're just not on top of the quality control. You're not there to oversee what's happening. And you, you it becomes a slippery slope and it can go, you can lose your reputation in a heartbeat. Um, scaling, scaling is hard, right, in this industry? It's really, really hard. It's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, a tiny handful of... People have done it successfully and had great success, but it's a big risk, you know, reputation-wise, financial-wise, bloody health-wise. Um, think very, very carefully. Do you need to operate in another state? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. I, I, um, I had that same uh, experience, actually, of actually having to adjust a business that I was involved with uh, and, and pulling back on some of the interstate stuff because I just couldn't control it well enough. So I... Um, that's interesting that that's a common mistake that you see as well. And what about solar buyers, Finn? Let's talk about solar buyers for a sec. What what do you think they want more of, and what do you what do you think they want less of? They want they want more transparency. Like they don't want the bullshit. Um, mm. They don't want the heavy sales. Um, they certainly don't want the lies, and they don't want the. You know what they really don't want? They Tell don't me. want you slagging off other solar businesses. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, like we, it, one of the things that upsets me and my team more than anything is because we're very close to the consumers. They can call us, email us, Facebookers, um, and they leave reviews. And it's when we hear that, you know, if someone's got three quotes and if they've got three quotes through solar quotes, they're all good guys. 
you know, they know how to design a system. And one of the guys goes, oh, that thing they've quoted you, they've designed it wrong, it will never work. Mm-hmm. Um, and all my, sometimes people make a mistake, but nine times out of ten, the person making the criticism, they don't know what the design is. They just um, they don't know the details of the design or they don't know, you know, the clever things you can do with, uh, say, a solar edge system if they don't sell solar edge, and they're wrong. <laughs> but the net effect is the consumer often loses all faith in the solar industry and gives up. Um, so consumers definitely want less of that. Um, you know, if you don't understand how another company's design will work, just say, look, I'm sure I don't personally, with the details you've given me, I don't understand how that will work, but you know, that's, we're all accredited designers here. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the details of the system are such that it will work. Um, you know, you may want to ask them this question. Fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, not oh, that idiot has designed something that will never work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if someone's done something egregiously wrong, you know, obviously protect the consumer. But um, if there was less, um, if people defaulted to, um, you know, thinking that their competitors are doing the right thing instead of the wrong thing, I think that would be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true, isn't it? Well, we had a call yesterday actually from a consumer who um, who wanted a, a particular monitoring solution, and uh, they they'd chosen a retailer who didn't do it, um, and actually made up a bunch of BS about why it couldn't be done or shouldn't be done. Yeah. Um, but that consumer was determined. He contacted us, and we we said, "Well, look, there's no problem. We can help you there, and we'll sort you out, and and uh, we'll talk to this retailer and make sure that they can get access to." Uh, to the monitoring solution that you're looking for. And we, we said, well, just out of interest, why did you choose this company? And uh, he said, well, my friends chose them and no one had a horrendous experience. So I just went with them. And to be honest, when I was trying to choose a retailer, I didn't know what to look for. I was confused. All I wanted was a company who I felt like I could trust. And the challenge that I had was I couldn't, necessarily tell who to trust or why to trust one company over another so i relied on the referrals that my friends gave me it's a challenge and a nightmare for consumers it's when consumers are buying a big ticket item their number one fear is that they're going to choose the wrong company and they're going to get screwed over that is their number one fear Mm -hmm. so you have to build trust Mm -hmm. and if you you have to build trust not only in your own company, but in the sol- in solar as an industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're uh, if you if you sell Enphase and you don't sell Solar Edge, and he's got a quote on Solar Edge, don't baffle them with a load of technical bullshit. Why Solar Edge is a crap solution? Because Solar Edge isn't a crap solution. Say, hey, Solar Edge, great solution. We personally prefer and sell Enphase. Here are the reasons. Mm-hmm. That is much more likely to get you the sale than slugging off, you know, solar edge or vice versa. I mean, it happens. You know, pick any, pick any, you know, Fronius SMA, you know, any of the great <laughs> hardware rivalries in solar. <laughs> um, you know, I love it. It's so true. It's so true. People just want to feel like they can trust you, don't they? I've helped a few friends recently buy, and uh, and they came to me and said, "No, it's just take the pain away uh, of how to work out how to how to trust, uh, but and and point us somewhere good." So speaking of pain, what do you think are the big point, pain points for businesses and, and, and how might that change in the next year or so? You know, you're talking with these uh, guys and girls all the time and, 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 and we've talked about trust. We've talked about finding the way through to consumers and differentiating and all those types of things. But here I'm maybe looking for, you know, are there things 
within the business? Are there processes? Are there systems? Is there automation? What are the things that you think cause pain within a solar business and how might that change in the next year or so? Wow. Um, let's have a think. Well, I think this coming into winter 2021, I think we're going to feel the pain. Companies that have built up high overheads during the boom of the COVID boom, as I call it, they're going to feel a lot of pain. Um, you know, I've been saying for decades, you know, after every boom, there's a bust because after every boom, there is always a bust. And it's always dangerous to think in the booms that this time it's different. And it never, ever, ever is. So um, flexible overheads, you know. A, surviving the solar coaster. Eh? Surviving the solar coaster. We've all been there multiple times. Um, you need to think smart ways to service the boom that will not kill you in the slump. Because there's always that, a slump. That is so true. That is so true. It's very, it's very um, of, the, of the moment too. Uh, <laughs> We uh, we were talking about it in our sales team and ringing around lots of solar businesses and trying to get a trying to get a a smell of what's going out there going on out there in the market uh, just this week in fact and uh, and clearly uh, there are a number of factors and I've said for years and years and years and I'd love your view on this but it strikes me that people are fickle and it doesn't take very much to delay the decision to purchase a solar system it it, it could be you know, personal situations. It could be a flood. It could be the fact that you're going on holidays or you've been on holidays um, or, or job keepers ending or life's just too complex, right? People are fickle and it's so easy for the market to be overwhelmed by a number of these fickle little senses that we all have that maybe now is not the time to spend five, ten grand maybe I can put that off for a month or two and I'll just come back to it. You know, is, is that the sense that you get of, of, of what's going on out there at the moment, mate? It's absolutely incredible how easily most people are convinced of nudged not to do something or to do something. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it, but we, um, we track um, lead volumes uh, day by day and we um we have a dashboard where we can tr track you know tuesday of week 13 2021 for example with tuesday of week 13 2020 and we can watch watch the profile and if there's in normal times those lines are almost always parallel mm -hmm. so they'll be offset but they'll be parallel so you'll know that um wednesday of week 13 will be um you know 30% higher than Tuesday of week 13 because it was last year and nine times out of 10 it is. So there's all these. Wow. It's, it's, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see it with my own eyes. So um, people are actually quite predictable in that respect. And they're also very easily persuaded. So you, I mean, South Australia is classic. So, you know, when the remote switch off stuff came in, in October, there was a, there was an immediate slump in, um, interest in solar because they it, it just spooked, slightly negative it stuff. It spooked everyone, didn't it? Yeah, and then the solar tax is really not helping the current uh, quiet market. Um, Do you think that's an impact as well, that conversation that's happening federally about the solar tax? Oh, massive, because uh, we, we see it directly. People literally call us up and go, I'm not buying solar because it's not worth it anymore because it's actually going to cost me to export my electricity. And we say, well, that's not actually the case. Um, wow. People, um, you know, rightly or well, wrongly, if you ask me, don't 
most people don't seem to read past the headline. Of course. Um, I mean, I was I was talking to a a very senior journalist at a very prestigious um, newspaper, and that journalist was apologising to me. They said, "Look, because we were talking about the solar tax," <laughs> and um, they said to me, "Look, I'm really sorry, but we have to." I know this doesn't make life easy for you and your business, but we have to write a headline that gets clicks. And then we will, we will, um, you know, if we're a good journalist, we will clarify exactly what the situation is in the, in the body of the text. But the problem is most people don't read the body of the text, especially when it's in a paywall, paywalled newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've all just got to hope then uh, coming back to the, to this issue, the, the big pain point right now is this dip in the solar coaster. We've got to hope that it'll bounce back. Everyone was predicting based on what happened last year, especially in the residential space, that uh, this year could well blow last year out of the water. I know the AEMC and uh, the CEI were all um, very bullish on what they thought was going to happen this year based on how strong last year was. We've got this. We've got this dip now. Uh, a confluence of situations and events and headlines and everything else. But um, is it going to bounce back? Yeah, it always does. I mean, um, a lot of demand, an enormous amount of demand was pulled forward with COVID. With everyone sitting at home, as most people listening to this will um, have known and have experienced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will bounce back. Solar's become normal. Um, look, Fewer and fewer people that come through us are actually um, too worried about payback or even crunching the numbers. It's just, I've got a house, it needs solar. Um, so that's which, so that's good. I mean, it, it's there, it's a solid industry. But it's, I think it's going to be a very quiet winter. Um, and I think most of that is actually um, the economy. It's, it's a combination of demand being pulled forward and the economy softening quite drastically. Um, so, you know, it... Hopefully, in the good times, people didn't increase their overheads too much. Um, I see a lot of successful businesses that have a very um, good hybrid strategy in terms of, you know, one of your big overheads, which is installation crews. They have the in-house guys, mm-hmm. and they have they also use subcontractors, but they obviously have very good quality control systems mm-hmm. around their subcontractors. And mm-hmm. obviously, they don't need to use those subcontractors when it's quiet. They, they have enough work just to keep their in-house crews busy. So, you know, stuff like that's really important. Um, being, yeah, nimble, being nimble, hey, it's it's, it's one of the things that I always tried to uh, to look for um, when I was talking to solar businesses in my consulting role is is you know how you're going to get through the solar coaster because you know what you're going to go through some ups, you're going to go through some downs. Being able to be nimble is is so important, right? Yeah, that's right. And when when you are bus- flat out busy with installs, you know you got to stand back and think how can I use this volume to help me in the quiet times well the most important way you can do that in my opinion is to build up your um, reviews footprint online Uh um, across multiple platforms you you need to be you absolutely need to be um, showing up on google places because that's your local search sorted you absolutely Uh need to be showing up on uh, facebook and have lots of good reviews on there Um, and again transparency you need to up you know, upload as many installation pictures as you can. You want people to, you want to fill them with shock and awe that there's so many installations on there and they all look spectacular. You know, don't leave people in any doubt as to the quality of your installations. And then, as you know, obviously I own Solar Quotes. You should have a good uh, presence on Solar Quotes. Yes, I'm biased, but it is, you know, uh, the biggest, well, the only real 
um, in my opinion, <laughs> the solar specific reviews database. Um, and any, you know, anywhere else you want to be, but that is it's just that is the asset you want. One of the assets you want in the quiet times is a really good online footprint, especially with reviews. Um, you know, make sure make sure you respond to all the reviews um, on every platform that you can, not just the bad ones, the good ones too, so people can see that you're alive and responsive. Um, and if you do have bad reviews, we all get bad reviews from time to time. Respond to them and respond to them well and resolve them. Um, front up front up yeah front up. Yeah. again that transparency comes through you, i mean one thing i say to people you know we get um because you know we manage a lot of reviews on our platform fantastic solar installers every now and again when they get a bad review for whatever reason um i try to say hey it's actually really good that you have a couple of bad reviews in there because otherwise people think that we're just publishing the good ones <laughs> yep yep gives it legitimacy doesn't it and yeah and, and it's I, I always um, I, I always learnt this lesson as a manufacturer, and always tell the same lesson to other manufacturers and businesses. It's how you deal with problems that makes all the difference yep. to a consumer, because no one's perfect. You're going to have problems. You're going to get a bad review here or there. It's how you handle those situations that matters, I reckon. Absolutely, and that's and if you flip that round, when I'm talking to consumers or friends, and they go, you know, how do I know who to trust as a solar installer? I don't want to take your word for it, Finn. I go, yeah, fair enough. Um, look at well, there's, there's, there's three rules, really. One yep. is look across multiple reviews platforms. Okay? Mm-hmm. Don't just stick to one. If you, It's fairly easy to game certain review platforms, and I, we could have a whole podcast about how people do that, um, but it's very, very hard to game all the reviews platforms. So number one, mm-hmm. look across multiple reviews platforms. So if you're an installer, have lots of reviews across at least um, Google, Facebook, and solar quotes um and others of your choosing um then i say to the consumers a real red flag is if there's inconsistency in the average scores if they've got you know Mm. dozens of reviews on each platform the law of the universe is that they should be probably within 0.2 of a star rating between all the platforms interesting um what you'll often find is that a company may have what looks like a really good review on one platform and much lower scores on the other well there's a red flag for you (laughs) the other thing that we say to the consumers we say um you know one strategy if you get a bad review is to just um drown it in good reviews go to Mm -hmm. the review platform sort by you know worst reviews first what did that company do to get that one star review Mm -hmm. um i was just looking through uh one of the well the top rated installer on the solar quotes network at the moment um there they weren't one star reviews but they got a couple of three star reviews one of them was uh the meter installation was late you know mm-hmm. pretty much out of their control um, yep. in that case and one of them was um there was a shortage of sun power panels and so that that delayed the installation by a couple of weeks i think um you know if that's the worst they can do to a consumer you know, that's pretty good. You know, that's not, maybe, that's they worry about. Mm-hmm. maybe they have a spectacular cock up, you know, everyone does now and again, but how did they get, like you said, how did they resolve it? Like, yeah. did they move yeah. heavens and earth to do the right thing? Were they horrified that it happened? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you go to one of the bad guys, um, you look at their one star reviews, their low star reviews. A, they've probably got quite a lot of them. And B, you'll probably start to spot patterns and C, you'll probably see that they don't really resolve it. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so put yourself in the consumer's shoes. Mm. Put yourself in a, as a business owner. Put yourself in the consumer's shoes. Following advice like that, and see where you stand. 
think like the customer. I love it. I love it. I love it. Let's punch through to the end. You've got some strong views on technology, Finn, particularly batteries. You've published uh, regularly on your uh, your views around uh, batteries in particular, but there's other technologies out there. There's other technologies coming. Let's talk, thinking about the next year or so, w- w- looking in your crystal ball, what are you seeing? What do you think the major changes that we're going to see in the next year or so are in technology? How is that going to impact on solar businesses? Wow. Can is I just battery, say, is, is, the bloody, wave, is the battery wave going to come? <laughs> I bloody love batteries. I absolutely bloody love them. I've got 130 kilowatt hours of storage in my house with the two electric cars and the power wall. <laughs> um, they're fantastic. But I just believe in transparency. And, you know, I'm not, I don't believe in um, drowning the battery payback with the uh, um, solar payback, you know? Sure. Um, so that's, that's all that is. No, I mean, batteries are a huge, massive part. They're an essential part of the future. Um, yep. We just believe in transparency. Look at our calculator. Look, we'll break down the solar and the um, battery payback. And Mr. Consumer, Mrs. Consumer, you can decide for yourself. Um, where do I think it's going? Um, it's a long time coming. And this is, not, this is not original or anything, but, you know, feed-in tariffs are reducing. I don't think they're reducing as fast as many people make out. Um, I don't think they'll go to close to zero anytime soon. Um, although they're not that far off <laughs> zero in WA, are they? Yeah, but it's true. It's got. It's it's going to. It's all about handling dynamic stuff. Like we're we're, we're moving from steady state to dynamic. So um, more and more tariffs are going to go dynamic. Um, you know, time of use tariffs. You want technology that's going to uh, handle that well. You know, minimize your bill essentially with a feed-in tariff, and at some point with a demand tariff, probably uh, minimize your bill with a dynamic export charge, mm. um, and maximize self-consumption. I mean, that's just we haven't even touch the surface of smart consumption yeah Um, that's where it's going um i mean simple stuff smarter 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 one way or the other then yeah i mean even um you know even tesla's um car charge i've got a tesla um the charger they gave me with the car still in the shed because i invested in a zappy from the um from the uk which um you know Mm. it's pretty simple it just puts the excess solar into the car once the battery's full you know the power wall's full so you know, so few people actually do that even. So who've, who've got an electric car. So there's, that's where it's going, smart self-consumption and handling dynamic tariffs, whether that's import or export tariffs. Mm, love it. Let's, let's jump to competition. We've got to, we've got to punch through it now. Um, is, are there too many players in the market? Is consolidation inevitable? Um, ooh, are there too many players in the market? No, I don't think so. Um, I think, honestly, where I, where I see the market going, um, and we've got a fairly unique uh, insight here, I would say, is we talk to a lot of installers who have been subcontracting for a long time and are mm-hmm. sick of it, um, and they want to get their own sales yep. and yep. start their own nice little business. Um, yep. So that long... We see that long tail of installers actually growing. And one of the mm-hmm. things that um, motivates me um, is to help those guys with their marketing, you know, help them get sales. Um, nice. Because generally, um, the small good guys, um, the reason they subcontract to a bigger guy is because the bigger guys are good at marketing. Um, mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, we help the big guys with marketing as well. Um, but we're, you know, the sweet spot is often. 
those small, medium, often small guys who take great pride in their install but just want more autonomy. So there's yeah. room. There's room in this market for the number of players we've got. You think you think it's okay? I think, I'm not I saying think, it. I'm not saying it's not. By the way, yeah, saying. I think it's okay. It's good. Yeah. It's pretty good for good. the consumer. Um, I think. That, I think the long. I see. We're seeing the long tail grow longer. Mm. Mm. That's what we're yep. seeing, which is going to make it harder for the big guys to get good subcontractors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. No one's ever dominated market share beyond about 8% in this market. No one's ever got a single market share larger than that in retail from what I've seen. Yeah, well, right. and when you studied the Pareto principle, you know, the 80-20 principle, um, yep. it vi- solar is one of the few markets that violates that, which is yeah. uh, weird. Weird. I love weird. All right, last one. Um, you can be controversial on this one if you think. What, what should solar businesses prepare for that they might not be expecting in the next year or so? What, what if Again, crystal ball. What's coming out of left field that you think solar businesses need to think about? They have to make friends with the DNSPs. Um, ah. They have to possibly even bat for the DNSPs, which, <laughs> which wow. is going to feel a bit weird. Um, <laughs> the, the narrative that, again, that gets the clicks with the mainstream media and the not mainstream media um, is that it's the consumer versus the evil electricity company. They don't even break it down to network. So, um, you know, that the DNSPs are evil and they've misinvested all this taxpayer money and they've gold-plated the network and they're anti-solar and yada, yada, yada. Um, And that's a very, very hard narrative to overturn. And so when you get the DNSPs going, oh, look, we are struggling a bit with integrating solar and we need to make some very specific investments and changes to how the system works. Um, the easiest thing in the world is to go, yeah, it's a solar tax. They're going to, the DNSPs are evil. The establishment's anti-solar. Look, 10 years ago, that was pretty true. Um, mm. But they've come around and I look, some DNSPs are worse than others. Sure. Um, but I think we've got to work together with the networks because we're, we're leading the world, you know. I mean, South I Australia. Love it. You're the right. Amount of, the amount of solar we're integrating on the weekly coupled grid that is South Australia is insane. And the SA Power Networks over here, I genuinely believe they're on the right side now. <laughs> and they really do want to, um, you know, lead the world in integrating solar. But that's not, you know, as an electrical engineer, that's not easy. Now we're hitting these levels of solar that we're seeing. And, you know, the rest of Australia will soon follow. Um, I love so, it. yeah. We've got, to, we've got to make friends with the DNSPs, man, and I think we've we've got to have a unif we've got to have a unified voice because if we don't, it's a bit like the uh, solar installers who are quoting against each other, you know, slagging each other off. It just the consumer just loses confidence in the whole concept of getting solar, and they start hearing all this crap about solar's not worth it anymore, and it's um, it just hurts everyone. Just becomes a big squabble. Well, I love it. Um, DNSPs are people too. That's your controversial. <laughs> controver- and I, can't, I cannot uh, agree more. I know uh, our head of R&D talks about that a lot. And, and I know a lot of great people in DNSPs who are uh, are moving on this tidal wave of solar as well. Just, Finn, just, just yesterday, I was accused of being an agent of the electricity companies. <laughs> <laughs> They're only people. I say it all the time. They're only people. Finn, I love our chats and I want to thank you so much for joining me in episode one and for coming on the show. Hey, it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good podcast, mate. Great idea. 
Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. Well, listeners, that's a wrap for episode one. Uh, We've got a bunch of guests, and some of them you're going to find controversial, I know. Uh, Some I think you'll find uh, fascinating, and uh, I hope all of them uh, will will show you something. Do let me know if you've got ideas, feedback, or suggestions. And finally, a huge shout-out to our sponsors at Solar Juice, and thanks for tuning in to Great Solar Juice. Great Solar Business was brought to you by Solar Juice, Australia's leading solar distributor. Solar Juice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let Solar Juice help you become a great solar business.